0: The village of Scott was as quaint and charming as any village had ever been in the history of time. It sat between rolling hills and a dense beautiful forest that seemed full of magic. At least that's what the children of the village would tell you.
1: In case you were wondering, Scott wasn't a Scottish village at all.
0: No, it wasn't anywhere near Scotland, but was in fact named after the man who discovered the beautiful land.
1: Scott Baylor proudly named the village.
0: After himself he did! Oh!
1: The village began when once a man who had the name and had a plan put down his roots and married his wife
0: sold a treat to make ends meet This
1: confection grew famous, brought people to Scotland. those people grew fond of the place for they sought new life, new hope in a land full of vigor and hills and a forest meant their options were bigger
0: so this charming little village has Scott Baylor's name, but it's his wife Millie who deserves the credit for its establishment. For it was her mippies that brought the people to Scott.
1: Griotta, you forgot the most important detail.
0: You're right, Vespiel. I forgot to say what a mippy is. Well, it's only the creamiest, butteriest, most mapley candy ball you've ever put into your mouth. But it's what it's rolled up in that we woodland elves like best: pine nuts
1: something a woodland elf can never get enough of. It seemed every week more people arrived to build a home, work hard and thrive but then it was full, room for no more. The village had cottages, a mill and a store. It was hustle and bustle, hard work led their lives.
0: So one day a week we'll gather, said the wives.
1: The Saturday halt is what it was named and all this time later the halt remains a day of the week when the villagers feast. On a meal made of mutton, and flour, and yeast, soup, bread, and ale, alongside some crunk, a coffee with sugar, cream, and nutmeg to dunk, a mippy right in it, that sweet treat once bought.
0: From Millie Baylor, Great Queen of spice. A century or so later, the Saturday Halt continued to be a weekly event. The people of the village, friend or foe... And there were plenty of both. That's true. But they set aside their differences to share a meal, let the children play, and chat about the things they could all agree upon, which varied from season to season, but always seemed to include flower seeds, recipes... And ale
1: and tobacco, too. And
0: the people of Scott were stubborn and opinionated just like a woodland elf, I know. And they argued a plenty, too, but they also understood the value of camaraderie. There was one man, however, who made life difficult for the villagers. His name was Rafe Pole. He owned most of the land and buildings in Scott, and he was demanding and cruel. But worst of all, he was unloving, and the reason this is worst of all is because Rafe had a son, a son starving for a father's love. This boy, Adair, had only one friend in the whole world, and her name was Ingrid. They first met at the Saturday Halt when they were young children seeking refuge underneath the same table. Ingrid because she had been mute since birth and was terrified of social gatherings, and Adair because he was Rafe Paul's son.
1: Villagers were as afraid of the little boy as they were of the man.
0: His friends were just wee little ones when they discovered a place in the woods they would claim as their own. Look at this tree, Engrid! It's the perfect spot! What should we call it? They put their two names together to name the place... Adagrin. It's perfect! Adair and Ingrid spent most of their time together in the woods, and Adair was where they would go to make up games, tell stories, and dream about their futures. But one day, a few years later, when summer had gone and autumn had entered the forest, Adair and Ingrid were still in the woods when the sun had set, and it was then they saw something they'd never seen before. Whoa, Ingrid, look at that! What is it? Two balls of light are what they saw, zipping through the trees as if they owned the forest. And for two children prone to being wonderstruck, you can only imagine what this did to their imaginations. And as much as they wanted to see those extraordinary lights again, they never did. And this was Adair and Ingrid's best kept secret.
1: No it wasn't. We, the Woodland Elves, saw everything.
0: Vespiel, why don't you go and practice your bird calls?
1: Delighted to.
0: And now that I have caught you up on the beginnings of Scott and its people, let's move on to the story of Adair's Christmas gift.
2: Hi, Ing. Sorry I'm late. You brought cookies? Thank goodness, I'm starving. Hey, don't tease me like that. Just give me one. Fine, it doesn't matter. We have better cookies at home anyway. In fact, I think I'll leave right now and go eat some. Ha <laughs> Thank you. Mmm, these are actually really good. Your mother sure can bake. Oh, you made them? <coughs> <laughs> well, you haven't called me muttonhead yet, so I'm assuming you forgot your tablet again, didn't you? Good thing I have a brain in my head. Here. Ow! Why do you keep smacking me? Christmas? Hmm, haven't thought much about it. I'm not a liar. Maybe when you're 15, you stop loving Christmas. That's all. You want me to come over on Christmas Day? I don't know, Aang. It seems strange to spend Christmas away from home. Have you asked your folks if it's okay? Not for the whole day, muttonhead. Just for Christmas dinner. Oh! Well... I'll have to ask, what time? We have Goose and the Fixins at noon and pine Christmas cookies after that. So, if your family eats at four or five, there'll be just enough time to work all that through my belly and start over again. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Nobody with a brain in their head turns down good food. Wait, did you call me Muttonhead?
3: morning, Howard.
1: Morning, Mrs... Pole?
3: Now, when are you going to stop calling me Mrs. Pole? We're practically the same age.
1: Sorry, Gertrude. I almost have your order ready.
3: Wonderful. Looks like Christmas has come to the mercantile. It's beautiful in here.
1: I love Christmas.
3: Oh, so do I. I'll have to bring a dare with me next time. Let him pick some of these ornaments for our tree. Are they hand painted?
4: They s- certainly are. Morning, Howard. I'm here for the rent. Uh, oh, oh, y- y- yes, Mr. P- P- Pull. I was h- hoping since it's the h- holidays. Howard, don't break the system.
3: Rafe. <sighs> Rafe, we could use some new Christmas decorations. Maybe we can do a trade for part of the rent. I was thinking of getting this garland for the mantle. And aren't these ornaments lovely?
1: Hand-painted.
4: Gertrude, how many times have I told you not to get involved in my work?
3: But, Rafe, it's Christmas.
4: And that has nothing to do with collecting rent. Howard, pay-up or pack-up? Yes, Mr... Pull. Good for another month.
3: I'm so sorry, Howard. It's... Fine. You know what? I think I'll take that garland. And a whole box of those ornaments.
1: Yes, ma'am.
4: Mother! I'm home! Adair, do you think I want to hear your voice belting through my house? Um... And pick up that bag. It does not belong on the floor. How many times do I have to tell you? I wasn't going to leave it there. Don't talk back to me, boy.
3: Adair, come and look what I got today.
4: Uh...
2: I can't do anything right.
3: It's not you, my angel. Your father's just... Well, he's...
2: A jackass.
3: (laughs) Dare. What?
2: You turn any corner in the village and someone's saying it.
3: But he's not someone else's father. He's
2: not mine, either. Not really.
3: Dare, let's not get into that now. Come on. I have something to show you.
0: The room had been decorated with the fresh garland from the mercantile. There were candles lit on the fireplace mantle, and a box of ornaments sat open on the sofa.
3: Ta-da! It's pretty. Is that all I get? It's pretty?
2: It's really pretty?
3: My angel, I know you're upset with your father, but don't let his foul mood get in the way of your joy. Hey, I have something else for you and hopefully you'll be a little more enthusiastic about it. What's this? Open it and you'll find out. Marbles? When I was a little girl, my father made those marbles for me. I carried them with me everywhere I went. They weren't made of real marble. Only rich little girls had those. But I didn't care. My father colored clay and made each one by hand, just for me. (sighs) I want you to have them.
2: I can't take them.
3: Of course you can't.
2: Your father made those for you, to keep forever. Not everyone has something like that.
3: It's my gift to you.
2: I would give anything to have a special gift like that for my father. You have to keep them.
3: Adair, that was the only gift my father ever gave me. You've been given all sorts of wonderful things through the years. You live in a beautiful home with good food and nice things. You have everything you've ever needed.
2: It's not all about stuff, Mother. You
3: don't think I know that? It's a mother's joy to give her child a good life. It's all I've ever wanted for you.
2: It's not enough, Mother. There's something growing inside of me. It scares me. I'm becoming like him. What do you mean? I hate him. I hate my father just like he hates me.
3: No, you don't. And he doesn't hate- No,
2: he does. And I do. More and more every day.
3: I know your father has a hard time showing love to you, but-
2: But nothing! He has no love. For anyone. Not even you. Can't you see that?
3: There are things about your father that you and I may never understand, but he does provide for us. And that is a kind of love.
2: No, it's not, Mother. And if it is, I'd rather have the other kind of love.
3: You say that because you've never known poverty, Adair. And that kind of love you crave, it's there too. Just hidden, deep somewhere.
2: Love doesn't hide behind cruelty and anger It's gentle, kind, and forgiven Love doesn't poke his son's back upon waking With a stick and a word that's commanded I never chose to be his son With his fine things and money to spare If I could choose whose son to
3: be I'd be any but his heir A dare, a dare Can't choose your parents, that's true, but good or bad. oh, cruel and mad. He is the one, you are his son. Please calm down, son. Your father may return soon.
2: Mother, you don't understand. My heart is yearning. My soul is burning. I feel it. More and more each day.
3: Your tender heart is soft like clay But it's molding
2: into something wrong It's growing hard and setting strong What's there Ingrid is that you <gasps> rest a dare
0: your heart is not yet stone. The love that surrounds you will heal what is wounded inside. The woods where Lolina dare to sleep, rest, rest.
2: What are... what are you doing? I just had the strangest dream.
0: Before Adair could tell Ingrid about this dream, she reached out to touch his cheek with concern in her eyes.
2: Don't worry about it. I'm fine. Ing, stop! Oh yeah, my dream. You were talking! You're really worrying. I heard your voice. The dream felt like magic. What if it's a sign? I think it's going to happen. Why are you looking at me like that? It was amazing. You were talking up a storm. Oh, and remember those lights we saw when we were kids? They were in my dream, buzzing around your head, like, like they were anointing you queen of the forest or something. You're looking at me like that again. Are you mad at me? Why would you be mad at me? I can't help what I dream. It just all seems so real. Sometimes I wish you could talk. I mean, I'm used to it and everything, but I don't know. I guess it gets a bit lonely sometimes. So, did you find out when you're eating on Christmas Day? Aang? Hey, where are you going?
0: It was Christmas Eve morning. The sun was just peeking up over the horizon, and Adair was sound asleep in his bed.
4: Wake up, boy.
0: In his entire life, Adair had never dared to stand up to his father. But on this morning, when he awoke to the typical jab at his ribs, the anger in his heart was so strong he couldn't silence it.
4: Why do you
2: do
0: that?
4: What did you say? I'm not some
2: farm animal. I'm your son. Or did you forget that?
3: Rafe? Goodness, what happened? What's wrong?
4: Why don't you ask your son?
3: Adair, Pole, what did you do? Here, let me help you.
4: Let me be, Gertrude.
3: What is going on here?
2: What's going on here? What's going on? That man who's my father thinks I am his pawn to command to scold with his growl and his stick? I can only assume I'm the one that he picked as a seedling of evil to carry on in this place as a threat to all others with no kindness or grace. How
4: dare you condemn me? I'm master. You're the son. Rafe,
2: please calm down. Shut up.
4: I'm not done. This child of yours is spoiled. Inane. She's my mother.
2: Your wife. Ah, you're insane.
3: Rafe, go.
4: Don't tell me what to do, woman.
3: If you don't go... We will.
4: Uh. Adair, you'll go for the tree this morning. And if you don't, you'll spend Christmas Eve in the barn with the horses. Better than in here with you.
3: Let him be, Rafe. Adair, dress in some extra layers. It's cold outside.
0: It was a chilly morning indeed, but as Adair made his way through the woods, the only place he felt the cold was in his heart.
2: I wish I had a different life in another village. No malice or strife, but this is me, with a curse on my head, a beast for a father, makes me wish I were dead, my mother's deserve this,
3: do I, what did I ever do, is it too much, to want to be loved, is love in this life ever
2: true, I can't do this anymore,
3: Maggie, have you seen Adair?
1: No, not since he left this morning. Are you sure? Yes, ma'am. Sebastian,
3: have you seen Adair?
1: I saw him get the saw from the barn, but I haven't seen him since.
0: (sighs) Where are you, my angel? Adair had planned to run until he could run no more. But when he had only gone a little ways, the woods began to speak to him once again.
2: What is this? Butterflies in winter?
0: Adair spun around, admiring the swarm of white butterflies, until he was magically lifted from the earth, as if carried by the angels. He floated above the forest floor, and when he fell sound asleep, he was gently placed underneath the bare branches of an oak tree. It was then that the butterflies dispersed, as if a strong breath blew them away. Who knows what magic this was, but magic it must have been. Even the Force seemed to know that Adair was a troubled soul. Whatever it was that put Adair to sleep knew what it was doing, and this is what Adair saw as he slept.
1: Hello, Jane. What can I do for you today?
3: Hello, Sebastian. I caught wind of a marriage and wanted to introduce myself to the missus.
4: I'll take care of this, Sebastian. Yes, sir.
3: Hello, Rafe. I hear congratulations are in order. I've come to meet your wife. I baked a cake.
4: She's not here.
3: Oh, I have some errands. Is she in the square?
4: I didn't say she was gone. I said she wasn't here.
3: Oh, well... Could you give her this cake, and tell her I'd love to meet her?
4: I'll give her the cake.
3: But I want to meet the villagers, Rafe.
4: If the villagers take a liking to you, they'll take advantage of me. The landlord's wife cannot be friends with the landlord's tenants.
3: (laughs) Please, Rafe!
4: Do I not give you everything you need?
3: Yes, and I'm grateful. But I'm lonely.
4: You have the staff. That'll have to be enough. (laughs) Uh, My poor mother.
0: What Adair saw next was his mother on her knees praying beside her bed. I'm yearning for a child.
3: Please bless me with a...
2: Mother, never again.
0: And that is what sent Adair back to his mother. But on his way, he stopped in Attergrid to see Ingrid, who, along with his mother, had been worried sick about him. And when Ingrid saw him, she hugged him hard.
1: Only after shoving him first. That Ingrid Harrison has a temper on her.
0: But this Bill, imagine her frustration. Being upset and not being able to use words to express it. Poor thing. Now, be off and let me finish my story. Gladly.
2: I'm sorry, Ing. I was so angry at my father that all I could feel was anger toward everything and everyone. And yes, I felt cheated because you, my only friend, couldn't talk to me. But Ing, I swear, I wouldn't have you any other way. Will you forgive me?
0: And of course Ingrid forgave him.
1: With a smack on the arm.
0: Didn't I tell you to be off? Now
1: go! So happily.
2: Listen, I need to get home with the Christmas tree, but I'll see you tomorrow. Don't let your brothers eat all the food before I arrive, okay? Merry Christmas evening!
0: It was Christmas Eve at the Pole Cottage and Adair had already apologized to his mother for being home late with a tree. But he hadn't told her nor did he plan to tell her what he saw in the woods because it was something he knew he had to hold close to his heart.
4: Sebastian, where's the box with the star? I can't find the star. I'll check the attic, sir. Mary, bring the eggnog and don't forget the brandy.
1: Do I ever forget the brandy? Why do you always think I'm going to forget the
4: brandy? Uh... Mother, I I wondered if I could talk to you. Outside. Of course. Adair, go to the shed and get the ladder. Yes, sir.
3: What is it, my angel?
2: I was thinking I'd like to have your marbles after all. Would that be alright?
3: Well, of course it would be.
2: I know that Father hasn't loved you like you deserve, and I'm sorry I couldn't see past my own anger.
3: Some people can't love right, no matter how much someone deserves it.
2: You do deserve it.
3: So do you.
2: I don't want to be bitter. I want to be grateful for what I have. I want to be like you, Mother.
3: Your tender heart is soft like clay. Your love
2: is what I'll use each day
3: To keep the bitterness away We'll do it together, son. I love you, Mother. (sighs) Look, it's snowing.
2: Oh, I've been hoping for snow. What a good day for it to come.
3: Yes, it is. But it's getting chilly. Do you want to go inside and watch it from the window?
2: I think that sounds like a great idea. Oh, right. I'll go for the ladder and be right in.
0: Christmas Eve at the Pole Cottage was better than Adair expected. His father was as commanding and cross as he'd ever been. But there was one moment after the tree had been trimmed that Rafe's large hand cupped Adair's shoulder for a moment, and a few words escaped his lips before he could stop them.
4: Looks pretty, doesn't it, son?
0: And while the words weren't, I love you, Adair felt perhaps just a little bit of love anyway. And that was enough for that Christmas Eve. Adair's Christmas Gift is a craft house presentation starring
2: Jonas Kraft as Adair and Harrison Kraft as Adair's singing voice.
0: Narrated by Lynette Kraft as Briota, the woodland elf.
1: And don't forget about me, the
4: Spiel, the other woodland elf. Played by Jared Kraft.
0: Featuring
3: Abigail Kraft as Gertrude,
4: Kyle Kraft as Rafe Pole, and Silas Kraft as Howard.
0: Written and directed by Lynette Kraft. Produced by Abigail Kraft, with music by Jared Kraft and lyrics by Lynette Kraft. Sound design and editing by Silas Kraft. Audio engineering by Harrison Kraft. Additional voices by Maria Kraft, Cecily Kraft, Jackson J. Oliveira, and Amelia Kraft.